Babbel, an amazing app that I have been using that's helping people learn a second, third, maybe even a fourth language. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it a perfect way to learn a new language on the go. They have live teachers you can have access to, real-life situations, like if you're traveling, if uh, you're just trying to maybe communicate with people in your community, like kind of daily tasks and things like that. Babbel has it all. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months just for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code V-I-A-L-L. That is B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Code V-I-A-L-L. Babbel. Language for life. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Vile Files going deeper edition and boy do we have a great episode for you the wonderful and delightful ashley green you know her you love her from the hit franchise saga cultural institution cultural institution uh (laughs) empire of love and dynasty yes dynasty (laughs) twilight (laughs) she is with us also uh we have uh the Wonderful couple of Nick and Danielle from Love is Blind 2 for our mediation call. A slightly different mediation call, but uh, it was, uh, you know, I think they wanted to present a uh, united front. But I feel like there's some nice takeaways. Either way, we, we enjoyed talking to Nick and Danielle. Uh, so be sure to check the, our mediation call uh, at the end of uh, this episode with Ashley. Uh, don't forget to send your questions at asknickacastme.com. Cast with a K. Uh, remember that next week we have four episodes it's going to be a lot of Bachelor with the finale. We have two Bachelor recaps. We have one of the, we've what we've been told is the angriest of uh, Clayton's suitors coming directly from AFR to this seat. So uh, you won't want to miss uh, next week's uh, Bachelor. Well, it's a, it's a big Bachelor week next week. So uh, our Going Deeper episode, and there will be a mediation with this person. So we're, we're still going to give you... The new format. So anyway, that's a lot to cover. Ladies, how are you doing? I just had the visual of if we got the runner-up and she had to mediate Clayton and his first choice. That would be the dream. Should we see? Can we do it? I think Clayton's single. You think he's, you think he's single? What if she mediates Clayton and himself? That'd be great. God, what a trifecta. We work hard on the show to bring you topical, relevant guests, and we will continue to do so. And if you like this show, I don't know, you could give us a five-star review uh, on Spotify or iTunes. Just give us the five stars, you know, because we know we're probably pissing people off with, you know, like me saying, you know, maybe Sinead isn't the devil, and or maybe this, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure someone gave us a one-star for disagreeing with us. Absolutely. Uh, anything new with you ladies in this room? I feel like some, I don't know, like, what, what do you call it, like, astronomy? You know, when things happen. Yeah. I just got a DM from someone that I matched with on a dating app at least six months ago, if not more so. Just now. Yes. Five hours ago. And we matched on, I think it was Hinge. And he was like, oh, I'm rarely on here. Like, let's follow each other on Insta and we can DM on there. I haven't clicked on the DM, so I don't remember if we ever, like, corresponded on there. But I've been following him on Instagram ever since. We never went on a date. And I'm kind of just like... follow him. Yeah, he followed me too. It was like a mutual thing, but like, I'd never, like, he was going on trips and hanging out with people. I, I'm like, I don't know you yet. I've been following you. And now he's slid back into my DMs, which I just think is interesting timing. And I have no motivation to. He's, he's clearly going through something. 
He's going through a period, a season of uh, new beginnings. He's trying to clean out, start mm-hmm. fresh. Maybe he got out of a situationship of some kind, and he's he's circling back. This happened back to me with a different dude, though. Do you remember a, that in the fall? Like he popped back up after like not ghosting me because we didn't really have a thing, but like didn't hear from him for months. And then he was like, "I was like, what is the point? Just find someone new." I think this is a very common dating app behavior between men and women. I think part it, it's partly because of the abundance of choice. And we kind of lose people in the shuffle. And I think during certain periods where people are kind of like reflecting or maybe like they were feeling themselves and getting a lot of matches and things feel a little slow right now, people, we have a tendency of going back and checking like old messages and being like, wait. Wait, she was awesome. It like, why didn't I ever? He yeah. saw my post with yeah. matching outfits with my dog and he said her. The I future actually, mother I, of my I, children. I, I had that once where... Uh, uh, it was kind of a similar thing where I, and I, I remember someone came up on Instagram and I was like, I think I've matched with her a while back. And I went back and looked and sure as I did. And we went out, she's great, but we didn't work out, but like she actually became a friend and a really cool person. And, um, so it, it can happen, you know, but yeah, I think, I think it comes from people like in just different it's, emotional it's almost states like of mind when clearly I was interested in you at some point, but based on the fact that it never went into anything and now you're sliding back in this many months later, it's like makes me just not want to give you any sort of chance. Is that, I mean, is that I didn't know bad? you did. Uh, I think it's a bit short-sighted. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to go out with him. Yeah. But I think what you're seeing from him is a very relatable state of mind that people do and you have to remember that you didn't know him then, then and you don't know him now and vice versa. I don't know versa. a single thing about him. Exactly. Anyway, we have a great episode. Let's get right to it because uh, the wonderful Asher Green, Nick, and Danielle are all waiting for you guys to enjoy. Don't forget to send in those questions. Ashley, welcome. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. So excited to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So much, so much to talk about. Well, let's just let's get uh, right into people know you from obviously the Twilight mm-hmm. franchise. Yes. Uh, all of its might. <laughs> all of its might. And uh, I recently saw the Batman movie uh, this weekend. Yes. Uh, have you seen it yet? I'm so jealous. No, yeah, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it yet. For those of you, of you who care, I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought I thought the Dark Knight was better. It was, but I could. I think if people, what made it better for you? Heath Ledger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't really argue that. And yeah, it was probably just Heath Ledger. I think the villains were a little bit better. It, although it was. I think I was probably just Heath. It was, I think, yeah. and I think at the time it was so new in terms of how we saw those Batman movies portrayed and the realness and the kind of authenticity, the grit. Yeah. The grit. And I thought this one was definitely more of a t- detective movie, as people say. Like, I don't like people are comparing it to Seven mm-hmm. because that's, if you start comparing it to the movie Seven, you, I, I feel like you lose me a little bit because it still was a PG-13 comic book movie. Yeah. And it had a little bit of cheese in it. Not too much cheese, but it's like Seven happen. has, can't compare it to Seven. <laughs> um, How was Rob? I thought he was really good. Okay. He was. I, he, I predicted this. <laughs> he was awesome. He yeah. was, like when he got casted, yeah, I, I was probably on the side of like, but I honestly, I remember when Heath Ledger got casted for Joker and I was like, this pretty boy? Yeah. I just think Rob has this ability, like he always takes something and you can see it's distinctly his own and there's always a really like 
he has a very artistic spin on things. And I think, I don't know, like he's just, I think he's such a phenomenal actor. And I think it took a long time for people to separate him from Twilight. And I feel like he's finally in that space now. It's all hard to do. Yeah. I, I gotta uh, imagine. But yeah, he was, he was really good. He, he put this like, I liked the very kind of emo kind of edginess to, to his Bruce Wayne interpretation yep. where, and I thought Christian Bale was phenomenal. Love Christian Bale, and and you know he's like this. It's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> it's like yeah, and it, it I think Rob uh, Rob was so good that you just don't want to compare the two. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they both stand on own. their own. But Christian Bale was. If you are going to compare Christian Bale, he he definitely plays the suave pretty boy so well because he's he can he can clean up yeah real good. <laughs> oh, don't we know it? And 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 Rob's bat Bruce Willis Batman, he kind of had this very kind of dark emo. He I liked that he looked more traumatized. Yeah, but, Whereas, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, like right. If you look at the story. Yeah, it, it seems more like a real like okay, this was more believable for a guy whose parents died and decided to give up his whole life to like fight crime, which yeah. is kind of crazy. He's traumatizing, yeah. <laughs> you know, and. And I like that kind of real spin. So I, I thought it was it was really good. I mean, the 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 only thing is, I think, and I, th- I saw an interview where he, he talked about this. His he's not a large guy. He's six one, but he is thin. Yeah. And I thought the way they shot it, sometimes you'd almost want them because they can cheat that stuff. And I wish they would have cheated it to make him look a little bit more. Yeah, that intimidating like, superhero Batman. But that's I'm nitpicking. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really good. He was phenomenal. I'm gonna I, ask you for reviews on on movies all the time now because I feel like you actually give like a full perspective. <laughs> reason. I, I thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I I like uh, I like to I like movies and I like uh, critiquing them. And then I went home and I had this super weird dream about uh, Robert Patterson and and uh, Taylor Lautner. Please tell me what I was, happened. I was in a minivan. Oh God! It's <laughs> starting well. Rob Rob was driving. And I was sitting shotgun and we were just shooting the breeze. And Robert Patterson was telling me about this recent trip he took to New York and he was shopping at all these thrift stores. And he was basically like, I think looking for like rosaries. And he was like taking the ends of the rosaries and refurbishing them into making it like his own jewelry. Seems not so far-fetched. Right. I almost (laughs) seem kind of believable, but in a weird, like sometimes when you have dreams, like you, you, it's like, you know, it's them, but they're like playing almost two or three different like yeah, yeah, yeah. characters from your point of view almost. Mm-hmm. And he was both Batman, but also like he was on The Bachelor. And I was like talking to him about his time on The Bachelor. And then we were driving in this like shitty minivan. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, Taylor Lautner came out of a floral shop. And I've met Taylor before. He's a very nice guy. He's a big Bachelor fan. So I wouldn't call him like a friend, but we have we're interacted. Friendly. We're yeah. friendly. We follow each other on the ground. We like each other's pictures. Yeah. Um, nice guy. And so I only bring that up because in the dream, he we did a double take and we recognized each other. And he, Taylor Lautner like stopped me, not Rob. <laughs> and <laughs> you were Bella. You truly and were. I like I like introduced them, and they were like kind of like awkward with each other. I guess like in Twilight. Yeah. And then and then Taylor was like, I'm like, all right, well, bye. And then Taylor stopped. He's like, oh, I got to get a selfie. And then we all took a picture, and amazing. that was the dream. 
And, and then I woke up. I don't know. I hope you woke up glowing. I don't, why, I don't know why we dream about some of the weirdest things or weirdest people who don't. Like, yeah, I saw the Batman, but it was a very specific dream about people who I honestly really don't know, but very involved with Yeah, them. it just like, I mean, that makes sense because you just saw Batman. I literally just had a dream about Ryan Seacrest and was like, what? what? Um, but I just watched, I walked in and my husband, he was watching American Idol. Um, so it all makes sense. But like me and Ryan were like, he was just very excited to see me and we we're like homies. And I was like, this would never happen in real life. Um, but that was like, you were the, best friends. Yeah. He was just like, Ashley, he was so excited to see me. And I was like, this is great, but uh, not real. Would not happen. Apparently Canva pro helps make this show go round. It does. Tell us more, Allie. It's everything, like if you go to our social media, it's everything from like our highlights on our Instagram, the little circles, we made those icons. Canva has all these awesome, if you get the pro version, you get all of these amazing designs and logos. You can do invitations. My cousin's getting married. She designed her wedding invitations on Canva and save the date. Like it truly, anything you could possibly want to look nice. You don't have to be digital content creators for a award-winning hit popular podcast you could just be we've been here for over a year and i guarantee we wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for that but for the people at home yeah if you're planning a wedding or you are if you want to look a party yeah basically you want to put out professional looking content when you're not a professional let canva be the professional that you need it does it all for you Canva Pro has endless premium fonts, photos, videos, and so much more that add personality and edge to whatever it is you are designing. Plus, you and your four teammates can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just $12.99 a month. Canva Pro Content Planner, uh, you'll save time planning, creative, uh, creating, and posting on social media content too. Pause scheduled posts and edit them at any time. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash V-I-A-L-L to get your free 45-day extended trial. Canva, that's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash V-I-A-L-L. Canva.me slash V-I-A-L-L. Hey, all you language people out there, I... Now is the time to not just be speaking one language. The world is becoming multicultural. We are integrating with each other and let's learn a little bit more. We're all traveling more and stop with that like terrible and embarrassing thing that Americans do when they travel and they speak in slower English. You know what I'm talking about if you're listening. Start learning a second language and honestly with Babbel, you can learn just a little bit to like help you, you know, if you like traveling to France or Germany, at least maybe order in their uh, in, in in the language that they speak in that country. Their 15-minute lessons make it a, a perfect way to learn a, a language on the go. Spanish, French, Italian, and German, 14 different languages uh, they have available to you. Their speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. And there are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, video stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. And Amanda, you have been also using it to augment your training that you get from your grandfather. Absolutely. Because my grandfather goes to bed very early. We can't have a lesson every single day, but I feel like with language, it's all about that repetition. It's about kind of just practicing, even if it's for a tiny 15-minute chunk. And so Babbel is perfect. Join over the 10 million people who have already subscribed to Babbel. Right now, you can purchase a three-month Babbel subscription. You'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months 
just for the price of three. So go to Babbel.com and use promo code V-I-A-L-L. That is B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Code V-I-A-L-L. Babbel. Language for life. Are you watching Euphoria? Yeah, I haven't seen the last episode, so don't ruin it. Um, but I'm so... I, everyone who's seen it, I'm like, how are they going to wrap up all of these loose ends? Like, I feel like there's so much going on. Well, they don't. They, they don't. don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't. Oh. No, I don't feel like a loose end. Clearly, end you can make a season up. three very, very easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing was really wrapped no. up. I mean, shit went down. Went down. And you're really curious if some people will be back or not. Or, but there, there definitely was no closure. Oh, like if I'm like I'm used to the traditional shows where they they give you closure. Um, but that makes sense. I mean, the show is insane. I love it so much. I think it's genius. I was going to ask, is there, because sometimes people will be like, euphoria crossed a line on Twitter. Has there been any moments for you that you're like, okay, a little too far? I hope that next season doesn't get just like wildly more insane. Because then I think at that point I'd be like, I was just having this conversation with someone on how like there are certain shows like with Succession, same thing. I'm like, how much more drama and how much more can they add into it without crossing that line? Because this is a drama and it's not a soap. Um... So hopefully they don't go too far, but I don't know. I was, there's something about that show that just keeps you watching. And I, and I think there's like, there's a method to their madness and just like the shot, the shots that they do and the DP, like, it's just, I don't know. It's it's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. I didn't realize they, they use that, uh, that film. What's it called? It's, it's been discontinued. So like that shooting they had re- made specifically. Yeah, so like shooting Euphoria is wildly expensive. I, apparently like the budget for uh, Euphoria was as large as the uh, series finale of um, Game, Go- of Game of Thrones. Like it's this like that's insane. Just all the time. Apparently. Okay. Because they are basically getting what's the name of that film? It's like um it's, it's some sort of Kodak, right? Yes, it's a Kodak film. It's like uh, it's a well-known, but they discontinued it, and they basically got Kodak to make it again just so they could shoot Euphoria, which is kind of. Now it's going to be but called it, Kodak Euphoria film. But it's it's beautifully made. Do we have thirty-five millimeter? I don't know. Yeah, it has a specific name though. Ectochrome. Yeah. <laughs> Look at uh, you. <laughs> the hypersexuality of high school students, though, is a little. I think. I had to like numb myself to what is new euphoria. But when I, na- my girlfriend Nally was like, Hey, I want to watch season two of euphoria. And I'm like, I haven't seen it yet. So we watched season one together. And mm-hmm. the first two episodes, I was like, I don't know if I could take this. <laughs> like this was, it was heavy. But apparently it is not so far off. What I mean, I imagine like, r- like there are certain towns in the Midwest that this is as far away from, from the Midwest. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, get, Oh my God. But, but when you look at New York and LA and, and, Miami, I'm sure uh, it's crazy to think about, but this is some things that actually happen in high school now. Yeah, I, I guess. But I, I, I did get used to it because yeah. I really liked the show. I mean, I, it, like, like, it took me three or four episodes to... And now they'd be like, let's watch it. I'm like, okay. But by like episode four or five, I was definitely... I'm like, what des- happens next? I am kind like of, desensitized I to it now. It's probably a bad if, thing. I don't know if I was desensitized to it. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's wild. Definitely would not watch that one with my parents. I watched the first episode of Black Mirror with my mother-in-law, and it was the worst decision I ever made. I don't know if you remember that first episode, but... Remind me. So, 
It's where <laughs> basically the like a mayor or president or something um, or prime minister, I think was English. And uh, he basically this person said, we kidnapped this person unless you have sex with a pig on live TV. We're going to kill her. And it, he goes through with it. And it's like this whole thing. And then you see the aftermath of what it's done with his relationship. And it's just super dark and super I, it you was, watch it with your mom? Yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into. Have, what, what my you, my mother-in-law, not my mom. Oh, your mother-in-law. That would have been better. Even, yeah. Even it, worse. Yeah. I, I would Have you watched like do you remember the first like sex scene you watched like in your parents' company? My grandmother took me to see Hangover 2, which has <laughs> full frontal nudity. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. How yeah. did she handle it? <laughs> She's loved Phyllis, it. Phyllis is a chiller. So your grandma's just, name is Phyllis too? I love we Phyllis. have gone over this multiple times. You both have grandma's name, Phyllis. What are your grandma's names? My one, well, they, they're both passed now, but um, Grandma Bobby was one. And then the other one I just called Meemaw, but her name is Lucky. Mm, Lucky? <gasps> oh yeah. my God. Fantastic grandma that's, name. That's, I know. That's really great. I just, uh, I grew up very obviously conservative. So like watching, we didn't even talk about sex growing up. Yeah. And I, rem, you know, something... There was like heavy makeouts when I was a kid. My parents were like, cover your eyes and fast forwarded. So, oh, yeah. Like, wa- even like as an adult, uh, watching like nudity, if we wa- there was a movie and there's any type of nudity, I- I'm, st- I- I'm still uncomfortable watching it with, with <laughs> yeah, my same. parents. We didn't like, I wasn't allowed to watch Dawson's Creek growing up. They didn't let me watch The Simpsons. We also had like, until I was a teenager, we could only watch an hour of TV a day. And it was like Little House on the Prairie or. Alex Mack. It sounds like my show. Yeah. yeah. It sounds, yeah. Mm-hmm. When similar. I grew up, kids kids, uh, kids would uh, tease me by saying I wasn't even allowed to watch Bambi. But, <laughs> You're like, yes, I am. And, and the, and I'd always have a couple friends and we'd sneak over to their house and watch uh, the Van Damme movies and the Steven Seagal's. Like that was oh, yeah. back in the day. I watched, the first one I remember that had an impact on me is I went to my cousin's house and watched Interview with the Vampire. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, which I just love, but I was also just in shock. It's a, it's a great movie. Yeah. Have you ever, like, uh, on planes, do you avoid... I, I avoid watching rated R movies because there is nothing more uncomfortable than oh, watching yeah. a movie and there's, like, this sex scene on it and you feel like... I, you're I, exposed. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You feel like such a creep. If you're yeah. into it, if you're paying attention, you're like, I look like such a weirdo. No, I'm just always, like, covering the screen and then if you try to cover it, like, why am I... Yeah, this, <laughs> it looks like... Like, oh, yeah. like... Much I'm sketchier. Just, like, oh, turn it off. Turn, I've had that. Turn I, the brightness so all now the way I just, down. I, now I just watch movies that I know... PG-13. What's in, PG-13. 13. I like watching movies oh, yeah. I've seen before on, on movie theater and uh, on planes. I'm not looking for something <laughs> new. I'm looking for something nostalgic on airplanes. I don't know. I I actually this is probably maybe horrible to admit, but I watched Spencer on the plane because I just I had never seen it. I was like, I need to watch this What's movie. Spencer? It's uh, Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. Oh, Princess, yeah. Diana Spencer. She just got nominated. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, I need to have watched this. And she's, fi- I mean, she's phenomenal. She's great. Yeah. She does a really great job. I, sh- I should watch it. I heard yeah. she was fantastic, but the plot line itself was pretty slow. Yes. That's what my guy friend I said. I that. <laughs> Well, on the topic of actresses, there's the Madonna biopic coming out. And right now there is a, it's down to five, allegedly, actresses competing for the role. There's Florence Pugh, Julia Garner, Alexa Demi from Euphoria, Odessa Young, and Emma Laird. And Florence Ashley Pugh Green. has that Madonna. <laughs> and Ashley Green. <laughs> Are you going for it? Oh, yeah. yeah That'd be so good. Oh, mm-hmm. my, my girlfriend Natalie asked me this question. Who do you think is Kim Kardashian? 
at the level of like being recognized. Like who's a more recognizable? Like Marilyn? Like is she at Marilyn Monroe level? Where like if yeah. you are if you are in a like if you have first world problems and you have a TV in the internet, like do you you know who Marilyn Monroe is, right? Like you've yeah. heard you've heard the name. Like you mm-hmm. may not like might not be able to place her, but you've heard the name. Is Which Kim is, Kardashian on that's that level? It's so sad to think about people not being able to place Marilyn Monroe. I would say Ooh. even more so. Yeah. Because Kim, of how many photos and videos we have you of think her. Kim Kardashian's more yeah. recognized. everywhere, yeah. Because I think any photo you've seen of Marilyn Monroe is like one of the few that everyone has seen. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like we have so much more access to Kim. But I feel mm. like when she was, when Marilyn Monroe was a sex symbol, there weren't as many. So it was like a singular mm. focus versus... Oh, yeah. That's I agree. what I'm saying. Like you, when you... When you were like born and by the age of four, at some point you've been exposed to like some picture. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of Did people. Did you hear the thing though that someone was with Marilyn Monroe and she was walking around and no one recognized her? And then she turned to her friend and was like, Do you want me to become her? Her being this persona and just turned on a whole different light of her and suddenly everyone noticed she was there. She just said, That's wild. Yeah. But it makes sense. But I mean, makes sense because the only thing, because everything was so curated at mm-hmm. that point that you only ever saw her as this like goddess sex symbol. And so if she wasn't exuding that, mm-hmm. people didn't recognize it. She yeah, just had like her eyes down. What a life. You didn't see, you know, there wasn't like obviously social media. So she had to be wearing the dresses or whatever. We've seen Kim Kardashian in the sweatpants and the leggings and things like that. So we've seen her in all the looks where like there's only a limited amount of pictures of. Yeah. Certain celebrities. I always love the Charlie Chapman took third place in the Charlie Chapman lookalike contest. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. Anyways, the Madonna biopic. Well, yeah. I was wondering who either, who would you want to star in the biopic of their life or who would you want to play you in a biopic? This one's taken, but I love Audrey Hepburn. So that would have been a dream. Um, but I yeah, also think you Renee is going to crush it. You look, uh, you could have definitely done that. Yeah. Put on some prosthetics and, um, love love her to playing me I'm like I don't know I feel like they're not around yet <laughs> that's such a hard one because I think it's you like you just never look at yourself as being a character so I'm like I have absolutely no idea <laughs> would your biopic be more of a drama a comedy would it be a love story like what what kind of vibe would it have it would be a psychological thriller. <laughs> no. um, probably, it would be a dramedy. Like, I feel like my life is, there's like a lot of things going on, but we have a lot of fun. Um, my husband always says, he's like, why don't you just let the world see you? Because you're fucking funny. But uh, but yeah, so I think it would be a dramedy. Is there, has your husband always told you you were funny or is it something that he's... I think the more... like recently about you. I was very... I mean, since we've been married, but which is like almost four years now, but it took me, like I was very slow to open up to a lot of people. And I think part of that comes with the territory of Twilight. Like when you're 20 and you're thrust into this world, like I was very specific about who I let sure. into my life. Um, and so he now sees all of me and swears that he's rubbed off on me and that I've gotten funnier. Oh, so it's... it's he, he's he, he, takes, he, credit. he took credit. He takes full credit for me now being a fun person. How did you meet your husband? Um, we met... So I moved to LA and I became a, the like girl in a group of five guys and they were my best friends for like five years. And then he ended up moving in with one of those guys and became a part of the homie crew. Um, and then he and I were just friends for five years. And you were then, five, friends for five years? Yeah. Who made the first move? I did. 
Yeah, I was very... Was it right to dating or was there like a bit of a situationship where you guys kind of had to play the, I think I have feelings for my friend? I was pretty direct. I, so part of it, so the guy group that I'm in, like he watched people take their shot and like my whole thing was don't fuck in the friend circle. Like this is why they're still like my brothers today. And, um, and so I was very uninterested in dating anyone within my friend group. And he was included in that. And then one day he ended up coming over and we brought me an orchid. We talked for like two hours and it was the first time we were really alone because I always hung out with these guys together. And I was just like, oh shit, I didn't, there's something there. And then after that, I was like, I'm going to pursue this. And so I like showed up at his, he used to bartend. um, And I would just show up at his work like two or three times a week. And then like two weeks in, he was like, okay, fine. But it was like a really, we didn't tell anyone for months. And it was a really like hush hush thing because our friends were not happy about it. Because you got to understand, like they're very much like what happens when you guys break up. They they cared about the the group dynamic. (laughs) The dynamic, yeah. Yeah, They were like, guys, what are you you doing? Um, So rightfully so, they were a little, you know, they're hesitant and a little upset. And it took about a a month probably for people to get used to it. How long did you guys uh, date for before? We dated for we were I think four years, and then we were engaged for a year and a half. So I mean, it's sticking. Sounds like it's going quite well. And now, thanks to him, you're funny. Now, thanks to him, I'm a funny human, and I enjoy life. (laughs) What do you think about destination weddings? If they're in Italy, I'm all for it. Did you guys have one in Italy? (laughs) Um, We did ours in the Redwoods in San Jose. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't too far. Natalie asked me uh, what I thought about destination weddings last night. It depends if you like. Okay, one, if you have a ton of people, like, you don't necessarily want to have the pressure to invite you to a destination wedding because it significantly, it cuts down your guest list. Cuts them off. Didn't your cousin have one in Mexico? Uh I've been to a plenty. I just don't, I don't think. You want to do it in Wisconsin? No. Oh. Oh, that's like. I don't. don't, (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Actually, my friend's getting married. She won't do it in Wisconsin. I think it's in Chicago. But she's from Wisconsin. She is? Yeah. I, I kind of want to, like, an. Some sort of outdoor. I want it to be as simple as possible. I'm like an outside person. You know, it's funny. My husband was, I was like, I want, like, I could do 50 people. Like, I was very, yeah. I like think it's intimate. Like, even like my, my, I canceled my own birthday party because it was like too much pressure. And I was like, I just want to have a dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really want, If I, I do not want to have a wedding for other people. Yeah, which is so smart because just, it's yours. I'm not interested in that. I don't need a big production. I, I've been lucky enough that i've made it a, i've been a part of big productions that i don't need to for sure i don't need to do that and i, I want to enjoy it yeah. i don't want to and I, also, I feel like destination weddings are simpler in some aspects but they're also a bit of a production with so many people traveling and also like my experience with destination weddings is usually somewhere hot and tropical mm. and as we saw with uh our, our nick and danielle, nick and danielle who we'll have the pleasure of talking to uh, like I have sweat so bad <laughs> at so many destination weddings. It's everyone's just so uncomfortable and sticky and yeah. buggy, and usually happens like during the hot summer, balmy, months. balmy. Yeah. And I just like I don't know. Not I feel like if me. that's like your gut instinct, then you go with it, right? And and honestly, that was one of the smartest choices we made. We had 112 people. Um, and I was the jerk who was like, mm, you don't get a plus one unless like, I know the per like I wanted everyone there for us to have an intimate relationship with so that it didn't feel like work. It was like, you were just celebrating yeah. with your closest friends and family. 
So no one, if you weren't dating, you didn't get a random. If you were one. dating someone and I did, and it was new, they couldn't come. I love that. <laughs> My sister's wedding planner was like, unless they're engaged, living together, or like married, they don't get to come. Yeah, because honestly, those things are fleeting, and like I just. You know, I was like, I want this to be a beautiful moment. I don't want to feel like I have to, like, entertain anything. And and it was, I mean, it ended up being wonderful. It was, like, the best choice we made, even though it was a little stressful at the time. I love that. And I think I have such a strong opinion because I have I, don't, I have 10 siblings. Oh, and oh my God. So Nick's going to have 112 just by inviting immediate <laughs> family. Crap. No, and it's one of those things where everyone, you know, you have so many people and there's so many personalities. And... And the, the we call them the older kids. So I'm one. I'm the second oldest. There's there's three older ones, and there's like this different dynamic between some of the older ones and the younger ones. And yet, when like when we started dating in our early late teens or in our teens or in twenties, you know, we'd want them like have them for the family events and in pictures of stuff, right? <laughs> and we've had so many like random people from our past in these fucking family pictures and like recently like now like some of the younger ones are like older now and they're dating and we do these family photos and everyone's insisting on having like their partner in it and it's just like we're just we have all these fucking like random people like in these family fucking photos and, yeah. <laughs> and we did it and i get it but it's yeah it's do you guys do now like i would just like sure we can take one with them and then one without yeah we yeah. we do that but and then and then, like, some of the girlfriends are, like, they're all, like, close. And they're, like, we should get one of us. And, like, they're... And, uh, oh, yeah. It's a... a that little, awkward thing. It's a... <laughs> wow, so you're going to have a big wedding. We, yeah, it's a thing. I, even my family, I have to invite a lot of people. Ten, was it, like, all... What, are, are your parents still together? Was it, like, yeah. one side? It was not a blended family. Ten. No, it's just a big Catholic, oh, God, big Catholic family from Wisco. So many babies. Yeah. And you seem pretty normal. Yeah. Normal-ish. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm a weird guy, but like <laughs> normal. Weird in the best ways. And, uh, <laughs> I, like, and I do, like my family is normal. Yeah. Like, and I say that because I think there's always like, uh, Duggars? It didn't work well, very well. Like some of them are. <laughs> so yeah. sorry. I just unintentionally John judged and you and yeah. your family. <laughs> no. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I hate the movie Cheaper by the Dozen because that was like, it's not how it is. Yeah. It's not that insane. Uh, no, we're just normal and large and loud. I think we're just loud. Boisterous. Yeah. Uh, so you watched the Love is Blind reunion? I did. What did you think? I mean, bless the people who are able to go through this. Again, like, I'm so slow to open up that I was just like, this would never, ever be for me. And I'm so curious. Like, I would love to understand where these people are in their life and and how they're kind of just so open to this process, which clearly it, it does work sometimes. But to me, it's just such a curious thing um, where I'm just like, of course, you're you're going to run into some issues because you just don't know the person. And I think that's something, the only thing I would say is that like you just, it takes time. So, you know, I think they, if if each of the people are like fully committed to really growing with one another, great. But I just feel like it's such a hard thing to do at that age. They're like married now. I mean, getting engaged on The Bachelor is one thing. That's what I said. That's why I had this whole conversation where I was like, Bachelor, totally understand it, can get behind it. Like at this point, everyone's like, we're going to have this intense, you know, relationship and and I assume you get to know each other really quickly and in a way that other people probably can't understand. But then you get engaged and like a lot of the people coming out of the show are, they have... You decompress. Yeah, they and have years have to, and years of an engagement. Yeah. It's, it is wild. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> On the reunion, I had problems with the, how the show 
did the reunion. Did, and, and it was a strange reunion. Well, the, you definitely, it's just like, it's a great show and a great concept, but like, you, it's like, it's not, it's not the Bachelor production where they do it. It's, <laughs> it was a more kind of casual. It's also, I kind of like it too, with it being on Netflix. There's dropping, like Van- Vanessa Lachey is dropping oh F-bombs. I was like, like, yo, she's about to jump over that. Uh, also, be Vanessa careful. Lachey was running the whole show. Oh, like, yeah. I don't feel like Nick spoke twice. She, it was just Vanessa's show. Yeah, you know, um, they had their highs and low moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I didn't like about how they framed it. Shake sucks. We agree. I mean, Shake. I was surprised. At how, I was like, whoa, dude. Like, I I know that he's got some things to work out, but I felt bad for him. I I, I actually didn't. He actually. I, feel, I was had, like, dude, like, I would just not want him. We had Deep D on last week. Mm. And and so I we promoted some of the interview on on my social. And and one part of it was deep D being critical of of Shake because whatever you think about whether Shake was being honest or not or how he felt or the structure of the show, like it was all at Deep D's expense. It was like, yeah. I don't care who you are, but like you could have been more aware about the fact that you have the right not to be attracted to someone. But like you constantly saying that to anyone, I don't care who you look like, like that's kind of a dick move. And she was based and we asked her, like, has this has this guy ever like ever apologize, anything, any kind of sympathy. And she's like, no, he would call me and like bitch to me about how he was portrayed, which is like really kind of never just like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry I said all this stuff. Like, yeah. even if, even if it wasn't you, even if it wasn't you, how you intended it. So I really hated that. But the show, the reunion made this, they were just like, you're on the wrong show. It, it was, they made it set it up. They set it up that if you weren't attracted to someone physically, then it became a bad thing. And to me, that wasn't Shake's major crime. Right. It was the fact that he went about it in such a way that... It was very disrespectful. It was disrespectful yeah. to Deep D. And, f- and it's like, all right, bro, even if it's your first time on reality TV, you didn't realize what you got caught up in this experiment. You didn't come out and say, hey, I just want to open up by saying... You didn't deserve that deep D. I, re- I, I recognize now that if I were in your shoes, it would have been hard for me to hear. And that, that to me, that's all I had to say. Yeah. But no, this guy goes on my fucking social in my comments and was just like, what did he say? Oh, he told you to suck it, didn't well, he? Well, that was after oh. I responded. Seems <laughs> um, <laughs> <yeah>. mature. <laughs> it, it was terrible. He was a... Uh, Discourse. I, I, I had no... I lost all sympathy for him. Yeah, I should say that I felt uncomfortable for he, him. Maybe not bad for him, but it's very He comments, and he's, he's, he's like talking to Deep D, right? He goes, by saw my character come out, you mean uh, went back to dating my usual type? Like, okay. Uh, like, were, what were you expecting? You said no to me at the altar. You got upset, and I posted a picture with other girls. It was just very, like, still, like... It Planus seems like the guy I dated tantrum. when I was like 17. <laughs> exactly, right? So then I replied, because he's on my page. No, she means your complete lack of self-awareness that you so perfectly demonstrated with this comment. Learn how to take an L. And then he told me to suck a dick. Um, <laughs> which was, and I was just like, you know what? I tried to even, I, you know, I always try to empathize with people, like yep. not to excuse the behavior, but like, hey, listen, let's just... And I, I try to empathize with Shake. You know, maybe he'd just get caught up in the experiment. But now, like, this guy is an unapologetic juice, douchebag. Yeah, he has some issues. But the way that the reunion went about it, they were trying to, like, shame Shake so much that when it got to Shayna, and they were like, and we interviewed Shayna too, they're like, well, 
Kyle was like, was it my looks? You could tell that Shayna was like, this is not the place to like say that I wasn't attracted to you. Yeah. You know what I'm She's saying? Like, I'll get crucified. I will get crucified yeah. for it. And yeah, to, I agree. They kind of took away from like it being okay to not be attracted to someone. Also, am I the only one who when Shake said I was the only attracted to Vanessa, that she fucking loved that? <laughs> she like she got all flirty and smiled and Nick was all pissed and Vanessa Lachey loved it for like at least two minutes. She was giggling. She was like, I'm into this. She's like, oh, really? I'm the, <laughs> still got it. Still I'm, got like, it. I'm yeah. still the hottest one here. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. But yeah, I just kind of like, I hated how they do that because it almost, it kind of distracted the argument. I don't know if yeah. you felt that way no, as well. No, I agree with you. And it did, I to your point, like it, it did make it seem like it's not okay to have, to want to have attraction yeah. to the person that you're going to be with. It was just how rude he was and disrespectful and the fact that he he didn't consider or try to empathize with her point of view at all. Yeah. And and it wasn't about like a human not being. being yeah, and not about it wasn't about him not being a, attracted enough. And then like it definitely looked like he was trying to like just be a character which was again annoying at her. It's like you don't have to play the villain, bro. You're already there. I was reading about your, uh, we, we sometimes we ask our guests and I, we ask what's one area where men could be more empathetic towards women. And I was reading your answer. I think <laughs> men could be more empathetic when it comes to uh, her menstrual cycle as a whole. There are four phases throughout the entire month and the hormone fluctuations we face constantly that are, yeah. So is that, do we unanimously feel that way or, or men we date uh, ignorant and are not as empathetic towards uh Women and their hormone fluctuations. Their hormone fluctuations. <laughs> I mean, I think I clearly think so. I mean, I have a whole company on reproductive health, so I'm very you do. yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about that? What's that? Yeah, so it's called Hummingway. Uh, I launched it with my sister-in-law. Actually, uh, we did a soft launch in October, but I've been working in it for like close to three years now. Um, but yeah, it's just it's become resoundingly clear that there is a massive lack of education surrounding our bodies and what's happening in, in them and. and being able to kind of be our own health advocates is something that we're starting to see pushed to the forefront now. And and there's still, I think, a lot of stigma that comes along with the way that men view women, their menstrual cycles, and their hormonal fluctuations. To play devil's advocate to that, I think that it's partially up to the women to be able to first educate themselves and then educate their partner because the way that the system has been set up Men don't know anything about our bodies. We didn't know anything about our bodies until I think more recently in this kind of movement that we've seen. So I think it's just like an overall kind of educational process that needs to happen. But I think the the instinct is for men to be like, oh my God, she's crazy. She's like probably in her period. And that's such a damaging thing to to say and to think. Yeah. What's the best way men can approach that? I think to ask questions or to <laughs> not make a person feel uncomfortable when they try to explain it. Um, I, I know, listen, my husband's like in the thick of it because it's it's his wife and his sister, but it's a very, it's a wonderful kind of, I guess, new layer in our relationship for him to go, oh yeah, you're in your, like he knows when I'm in my luteal phase versus when I'm in my follicular phase and how that affects me. Which is which? So follicular phase happens basically first uh, then you ovulate and then you go into your luteal phase and your luteal happens right before your period. Um, so everything in your follicular phase is when like <laughs> everything's pretty great. Um, your hormone levels are kind of rising. You have a lot of estrogen. Your skin looks great. You're a lot more social. Um, and uh, and then you get to ovulation where all of this kind of peaks 
you glow, it's wonderful, you have a ton of energy, and then you hit your luteal phase and you are a lot more emotional, um, a lot more drained and a lot less social. Um, the good thing about it is that you generally have the ability to focus. Uh, so I use it for like times when I need to read for six hours on at a time or, or write an essay or do whatever. But um, but him just kind of knowing like, oh, you're in this this phase and and these are the days that you're generally a lot more sensitive. He's just he's more empathetic towards me. And that's all like the understanding of that just makes our relationship a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, I know I'm ignorant in these things. <laughs> Do, these, these terms that Ashley's using, have you heard, are you, do you know about this stuff? No. I also, I, I feel like this is like, yeah, if I, there, I mean, I'm still learning stuff about my body and health and my sister teaches me. And every time I learn something as we advance in life and, and become more knowledgeable about diets and workouts, it's always like, fuck, you know, <laughs> This is really helpful information to like, if nothing else is to your point, just to understand. Yeah. Like when you learned this stuff for the first time, were you like, it was, oh my God. It was mind blowing. <laughs> and it was, it was a, so like long story short, I got a hormonal birth control three years ago. And when I did, my whole body went crazy. My hormones were like in crazy fluctuation. I had crazy mood swings, adult acne, horrible cramps, and was just like, what is happening to my body? And it was really for me, it was depressing and it was frustrating and I just didn't know what I was supposed to do. And so I started educating myself and finally got a handle on my menstrual cycle as a whole and was like, oh, I can work with it versus it owning me and work it kind of working against me. Um, and it's changed everything. Just the acknowledgement of, oh yeah, my hormones are going to be here during these days makes you go, oh, I'm not crazy. I just know that like this hormone happens to be higher right now and this is my response to it. So for me, it's it's extremely eye-opening and has kind of changed how I develop my social schedule, how I work out, how I do my skincare, what I eat. Um, there's a whole, it's called cycle syncing, but like it's kind of a whole new world. And most women don't know about it, which is kind of bananas. Yeah. I feel like that would be, I mean, where can people get more information about this? <laughs> Sorry, I just went on a tangent. No, this is um, But I'm passionate about it. But uh, it's. Uh, I think my audience will really uh, be into it. Yeah. It's like 90% uh, women. It is. Yeah, we do Instagram lives all the time with a lot of our, we have a lot of um, medical advisors and people that specialize in this space. But um, ourhummingway.com uh, is our website. And then that's the same handle for Instagram. Great. I think uh, Nick and Daniel are almost here, but before we get them on, uh, I know you have a new podcast out and I'd love you yes. to talk about that a little bit, but obviously from your time on Twilight, what is one or a few of the most like memorable moments in terms of filming, whether it's like behind the scenes or just like something like is nostalgic for you when you think about your time filming all those shows with the cast that like you find to be something you look back and it kind of always brings you a smile. Um, I think one of the, like, there were quite a few of them, but we had, like, jam sessions in, usually it was Rob's hotel room because he had the biggest room, um, and, uh, we would all go, and there was multiple musicians on the Twilight set, and so people would just bring their guitars, sing, we would drink, you know, people would smoke, and, uh, it was just this wonderful bonding experience for us because we couldn't, at that point, really leave the hotel, um, because it had become such a big thing. And so I think those moments are really something that's really special to us because it's kind of what made us a family. Um, and then, you know, I think the big scenes were always, we were, were together for that were fun. Like the baseball scene is something that I'll always remember because it was 
quite miserable while we were filming it. The weather was just intense and it was freezing. Um, and we didn't know it was the first scene that we shot for Twilight. Um, and so it was a super green kind of new experience for me. And uh, seeing the way it turned out was super super cool because I was like this is not going to be good it's I'm not going to look great this is like I don't know how to pitch a baseball and it turned out really great so that one stands out and you look like an all-star yeah they're like she definitely knows what she's doing I mean that's part of it though I think you kind of fib your way you know to get to get the part sometimes as long as you know you can fake it on screen that's great were there any like challenges you had well well I mean filming what's the what's the thing other than like I'm assuming once it got so big, your life drastically changed for like, yeah. you mentioned like, you know, just even reality TV and, and dating, like your circle gets smaller, you get a little like guarded. Yeah. Was that a big adjustment for you and in, in dealing with that? It was, it was a weird, like looking back on it now, I'm like, how did we survive this? But like I was 20, uh, I turned 21 while we were filming the first one and it was my first real job. Like, I had done kind of, like, day player stuff and been, like, the girl who gets stabbed on one of the, like, NCIS shows. But it was my first real job. And so I think I was just, like, absorbing a lot of it and had no kind of... I had no baseline of what this was supposed to be like. And so for me, I was just kind of like, oh, cool. This is great. Like, I'm a working actor now. Um, But as, you know, as things go... I notice more now being able to look back in retrospect how it might have not damaged me, but there were certainly effects that it had. Like I became a very like, it takes me a really long time to to open up to people and to kind of expand yeah. my circle. And so you like start to see things like that. And like, I was so concerned with the way I was perceived because Alice was such this beacon of light for so many young girls. And so like to be able, like what I was talking about earlier, like my husband's like, why don't you just like be yourself? And I'm like, because I'm sarcastic and I cuss. And I like for so long was presented as this like lady that was Alice. And so like, now I can kind of see those those things, but I was I came out rather pretty unscathed. Huh. Yeah, I mean I've I've thought about that too. It's just I wonder how much being on reality TV has changed my the psychology of my brain. Yeah, I think you same thing. Like anytime you're thrust into fame at all, I think it's it's a it's a weird adjustment and it's just not normal. Yeah. And so I think it, it certainly has to affect you. And I would imagine it affects how open you are or were with people, yeah. um, and realize pretty quickly that you have to choose your words. You know, like, I think that I, you just want to like be yourself, but sometimes I, maybe you don't filter yourself at all, but I had to learn I think pretty we quickly. all to a certain <laughs> extent. I mean, I, I think I've always been good at, you know, I mean, your, where you're coming from is, and I'm coming up with different places. Like you had this expectation of living up to this, this character. And I was portrayed as a character and I was kind of going the other direction sometimes of trying to show people who I thought I really was versus, Mm -hmm. you know, the perception of things. But either way, like just even to have that thought of having to even worry about that, I think can really, yeah, it affects, I think people. It's just a weird, weird thing. And also the other thing I had to like figure out was that it's okay to be one thing one moment and be something else the next moment. Like, I think, especially for us, we started, we were 20s, and you're such a different human, you know, from 20 to 25, from 25 to 30, and so on. And I was so afraid to, like, change that because I was like, people know me as this. And it's like, at this point, I think you have to be a little, you know, unapologetic about who you are. Yeah. It's a def. you kind of have to get to a point where you're just like, you know what, I'm I'm not going to be afraid to... 
I'm going to be less self-conscious, I suppose. Yeah, you just got to just got to be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Ashley, we're going to do this mediation call with uh Never been so nervous. You you are nervous? <laughs> don't be don't, I always get a little nervous too with the mediation calls. Like with the Ask Nicks, I have it's like breathing for me now. I don't even prep or whatever. I just sit down and I'm like, "Tell me your story." And I go, "But with the mediation calls, it's a little does it you're juggling a little bit more?" Yeah. And uh and I, you're only getting one person's story, which yeah. is great because I don't like. Just, <laughs> I'm gonna side with you. I'm just fine. Yeah. With, no, I'm just um, but I'm just gonna let you lead. I get a little then, nervous. Too. Well, we'll be fine. And as people know, we're we're not. We're just human. We don't pretend to be experts. If you enjoy our answers, we're right. If not, well, we're not experts. Maybe uh, you misinterpreted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's let uh, Nick and uh, Danielle in. Nick and Danielle, welcome. Thank you. Thanks we, for having us. We, I, I could not be more excited to have you guys on. As soon as I saw you on the show, I was like, my dream is to mediate a fight between Nick oh. and Danielle. Um, and I, I made some call, phone calls, and I said, all I really want is an opportunity to talk to you. You, you guys were my, uh, you guys were me personally, my favorite couple. You gave us uh, some p- plenty of drama. Certainly, we weren't, yeah. we weren't sure if you guys were going to make it. At the wedding, they really left us on a cliffhanger of who was going to say yes, who was going to say no. And at the reunion, you guys, I mean, seemed as happy as as anyone. So uh, congratulations <laughs> on, on marriage. Um, I, I promised the show I wouldn't talk too much about the show because we're going to make this about the mediation. So we can't wait to get into that. I just, Nick, I have one question for you. How hot exactly was it <laughs> at your wedding? It was... It was 90 degrees. It was like 60-something percent humidity. Yeah. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. They left me out there for probably 20 minutes just baking uh, brutal. before Danielle came out. It was brutal. Uh, and I'm a sweater in general, so you put me in that situation, it's, it's not good. Same, man. I'm a sweater, too. And I We were talking about destination weddings earlier, and uh, it's brutal being in the sun in a full-on... <laughs> tuxedo it is it is torture that, that was a dick move on their part all right well let's get into it all right <laughs> thank you um who wants to start telling the story about the thing that you guys are uh butting heads with so lately it's it's really not been anything too crazy it's it's simple stuff like yeah like we're getting like growing pains of living together yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and things like that what, what, it, just like give us one. Yeah, that's, that's the thing on these calls. It's always simple <laughs> stuff. It was taco night yeah. with one couple. It's always, but it's radio like, stations yeah, in the car. Yeah, like, we, but it's like, we, we try to figure out how we can avoid <laughs> butting heads. I on don't even so, try in the car. I just let her plug in. And so, what are, like, what are, mediation for the cat and the dog. Yeah, <laughs> whatever <laughs> it is. What, what, are, what are the things that you guys are kind of, you know, not like, nothing that's breaking you guys up, but what are some things that you guys are mm-hmm. bickering about? On a regular basis. I would say not necessarily bickering, but we definitely do have different like cleanliness habits. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to be a little bit more. I don't like clutter. It makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. I like immediately have to get up. And, yeah. I was going to guess stuff. that Nick was the uh, tidier person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a messy person, Danielle. So that's not coming from a place of, of judgment. But uh, well, I would say I wouldn't say messy. I would just say. Um, like she's not messy. I would just say there's a, there, she has a lot of stuff. So it's like finding places for the stuff or, 
Um, you know, she'll have like four or five water glasses around the house. She denies it. (laughs) No. So he always gets annoyed because he's like, oh my God, you have like three different water glasses. This is the like eighth one that I've had to put in the dishwasher. I'm like, if you stop putting them in the dishwasher, I wouldn't have to get another one out of the cabinet. Right? (laughs) At that point, I always just ask my husband to take a lap around the house. Yeah. And then he takes up. Every time a, I'm using something, I'm not finished yet. And then I'll be like, where'd that knife go? Do, do you do that too? And it's in the dishwasher. Because I, honestly, like, uh, I, I am not a tidy. No one's ever accusing me of being, like, super tidy. So I'm not one to call, talk, or criticize anyone. That being said, <laughs> Natalie, my girlfriend, also leaves cups everywhere. I don't and, do that. I have, But I have, I have a water bottle that I just carry around with me, which probably eliminates that. Me too. Same yeah. one all the time. I'm with Why you. Why is no one on my side on this? Everyone <laughs> always takes Nick's side on this. It's not fair. I thought I had a good valid point. <laughs> uh, no, I'm... Nick's, I can tell, like, Nick's too efficient for me. Like, he, you're a practical person. <laughs> he just, I can tell, like, the, like I'm not a, efficient or practical enough to always have a water bottle. And I probably leave cups around, but not, like... I just, I get to the point, like we, I go through, my husband is, is more messy and I'm, I'm not like super anally clean, but like I definitely, I will like in the morning, first thing, like I make sure the kitchen's clean. Like I will clean up after myself or with him. It's like, I have to be like, here's your list. (laughs) And like, Mm -hmm. that's what I've come to terms with now is that it's just like, I have to make him list of things to do around the house and then he'll (laughs) do them. But yeah, I can't. He won't just do it on his own. So when right now, currently, you are just letting her know that the cups are out and you guys get any, like, does it get on each other's nerves? I just put them in the dishwasher now. <laughs> oh, yeah. do you, you don't, you Which, don't say anything do you, or do you still make a comment? I, I'll make a comment if she's around. So, and I think <laughs> I'm being like extra careful to be as clean as possible but I feel like eventually it, it kind of slips. So it's like right now he hasn't seen the worst of it. <laughs> but if it's like you go into the closet, there's a very obvious like difference between what his side is and what my side is. Because I kind of just shove things because I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be efficient. I'm like, I don't have time to fold like that. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, that's another one that we, we were actually just talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I worked at uh, Old Navy for a number of years. So I have like a very specific way that I fold things because when you work at a clothing store, if you've ever had, mm-hmm. it's like drilled into your head. This is how shirts are folded. This is how pants are folded. And hers, uh, her way of folding is just non-existent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm with Danielle. I worked at Express Men for like a month and I was like, yeah, fuck it. This is not me. This is, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> I, there's one time where I did his, like did his laundry because he does mine like often too. And I like spent so much time trying to fold. Like I was so proud of myself for folding. And then he comes over and like unfolds it and refolds it. I'm like, I put that, I literally spent an hour trying to make it perfect. I know. It, it was sweet when she, when she does, she does try. I, th- this might just be me. And I'm curious what you think about this, Ashley. So, and, and you guys could take this however you want. But as I've gotten older, and especially, especially now with my relationship with Natalie, I felt like part of... Like, we all want to be better people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we're never finished products, self-improvement, therapy. These are all great things. We advocate for all of them. We should never stop trying to be a better person. I'm I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. However, (laughs) there are certain things that we just are not good at, you know? And I think also part of getting older is being comfortable with who you are and just being like, you know what? (laughs) 
I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not. And I think for me in relationships when I was younger, I, I didn't really totally understand the things that like, these are things I, I should never accept and I should always work on these things versus things of like, you know what, this is who I am. And I can still try to work on this, but especially with dating people and getting to know someone, it's kind of like, I just need to be honest with you. I'm never going to be good at this. Yeah. I, I, I'm never, I, le- I don't close cabinets. I don't <laughs> fold laundry. <laughs> I, I, I will try and you're welcome to remind me, but just so you know, like I just, I, my, my brain says, don't do it. Yep. And I think sometimes <laughs> I think when you're in a relationship, you kind of almost have the have to have those conversations of just acknowledging some of these basic strengths and weaknesses that like the way our personalities are and the way our brains are made to say, babe, I love you. And yeah, I'll try. But if you, I'm never going to be as good as you. I'm, I'm just, it's never yeah. going to come as easy. So like, are you going to be okay with that? And sometimes being okay with that, Nick, I will say is just putting it in the dishwasher and not saying anything <laughs> because eventually it just sounds like, it's just a reminder of something you know you're not good at. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, what the fuck am I <laughs> supposed to do? My brain, I don't know how to do it. Like folding yeah. laundry for me is... <laughs> A nightmare. I think think it's about, like, there are, like, you do have to acknowledge what the other person just innately is not good at. But I think it is that idea that you are continuing to try for your partner every day and to kind of, you know, grow with them every day is the important step. Because, like, I've definitely, like, there is a certain point at which I'm like, it's not worth the battle, you know, and I'll just do it. But, like, my husband and I created where I was like, all right, well, you're good at this and I'm good at this. So these are the things that, like, so I'm like, the the yard is your job. You know, like, I don't want to do the yard. You don't clearly know how to do laundry. So, like, that's our our trade-off. And I think that's fair. Yeah, I think you just kind of work with things that you, again, you're like strengths, weaknesses. Like, you think of your your relationship in your house as kind of like this, team or unit you're trying to like we need we need to make this work work together yeah and then if if not also like i just don't have an attitude anymore where i'm like hey babe can you do this and then he does it right away or like if he's like hey i i need you to do this i do it right away and there's no like there's no kind of negativity underneath it it's just like listen i know that you're really not good at cleaning the house at all so like i have to be like (laughs) today you're gonna can you just do your office and like i need you to to change the water filters. And he's like, great. And like, that's it. He yeah. does it. And then that's our happy medium. Yeah, that that yeah. works. Uh, anything else, you guys? What else? What other little things are you guys? We have different definitions of things. Like my definition of clean is different than his de- <laughs> definition of clean. But I think that that's also like something that we're just like in general learning in couples therapy is like, I'll say something and he'll say something. And our defini- definitions of the word are just like different. So there is a lot of misinterpretations. And I think that, at first, like that was kind of like like throughout the you know show and when we first got together, like some of our like disagreements were just like we were we were saying the same exact thing and we didn't even realize it because like again it's like different languages. How did you guys? How do you guys? How are you finding the common ground when you are are realize you're defining things differently? Yeah. Well, it's actually like our, our therapist is almost like a translator. <laughs> so she's like <laughs> translating each other. You're like, she's like, you're saying the same thing. You just don't recognize it. So we just like have to repeat back to each other. Yeah. What a lot of we actually, yeah. listening stuff. What, what are some <laughs> things you guys have bickered about that you realize you're just misdefining? You're, you're coming from a different point of views. 
Well, the most recent one was when I was moving in. Um, and then there was a, like, I had to get rid of a lot of stuff. He had to get rid of a lot of stuff. And he was like, I'm sad. And I thought he meant he was sad that I was moving in. And of course, like I was being a little bit dramatic with that. And I'm like, you should be happy. And he's like, no, I'm sad that I'm getting rid of some old Bears jerseys and they suck now. Yeah. Like getting rid of some of my favorite players' jerseys from when the Bears were irrelevant. And I was like, oh, that was a nice time. <laughs> did you make him get rid of the jerseys or did you? No, no. She was like, keep them. And I was like, there's really no point. <laughs> and I was like, it was just literally so dumb because I thought he was saying something completely different than he was. And then we started bickering about it. It's like. But then, you know, the other thing is like, stop, take a step back, take a breather. I go walk the dog. She goes. Crazy on G-Chat. Who are you G-Chatting? Him. Like when oh, we're, we G-Chat when we're working, so it's easier to, oh. to communicate. Are you, fighting, why, are you fighting over text? G-Chat when we're both working. <laughs> Danielle, but that's, please, for the love of God, <laughs> save your energy. I know. It's another thing I'm working on. I'm just like, I'm going to have to just like delete Gchat. And I'm feeling a little. I mean, I've been in plenty of fights with 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 uh, partners via text, and they're just there is nothing more inefficient. And and yeah, are you better at those? Sometimes I find that I personally am better at expressing how I feel if I write it out. Versus if I say it, like sometimes I'm like, I can't have this conversation because like, I just want to blow up. And then like, I'll go in the other room and I'll literally text him and be like, this is how I'm feeling. And these are the underlying issues. Well, I think everyone's different. I I get that logic. But I think if you're going to do that, especially with, you know, your husband or people you're comfortable with, write it down so you can like actively get your thoughts like lined up and realize and then sit down with them. And even if it's as cheesy as like, all right, I can I just read this to you? Because I thought about it and I put it down pen to paper. But when you, even with people you've been dating and know, people don't read texts how you wrote it. People read texts how they're feeling. You know, just Mm -hmm. like, imagine you got sensitive when he told you to your face about like getting rid of jerseys and you still were in your feelings about like how you might interpret it. And it's magnified times, I don't know, a hundred when you're reading it. Like, I mean, no emoji and no wink face can really (laughs) articulate like how you're feeling. So, yeah. and, and and, and we've all made that mistake, but when you're... Just be like, all right, let's talk about this when we get home. Save your, because like, yeah. you're, 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 I, in my experience, you're, you're more bound to create more things to fight about while trying to solve a fight via any type of written text. Oh, mine, mine's usually like, I'm so sorry that I did that. And I, <laughs> it's not like me trying to like, I don't, I just like, I get, sometimes I'm like, I can't deal with this and I have to leave and like, we're not in a good place. And then I like have time to decompress. And then I'm like, I'm sorry that I did this. This is the well, way I was if you're, feeling. If you're apologizing, <laughs> yeah. fine. But if you're, if, if you're in the middle of a fight, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm a, I, I'm dyslexic. I, I don't even like reading. And when <laughs> I'm frustrated and emotional, I skim. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, don't I'm, even fully, I don't even fully read it. Yeah. And like, I mean, miss- I agree <laughs> with you. Like having a like argument over text is a horrible idea. Yeah. So, Please, off the GTAT. All I have to say right now, too, really, I keep looking back. The dog and cat are playing, so you're somehow mediating them because they've Great. never played oh, like good this. energy. Oh, my God, yeah. Thank, um, uh, <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> they're we're, usually, we're they're like, usually the first time this has ever they're happened. They're like, we love we're, it when you guys speak your feelings. We're bringing yeah. people together. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, we keep saying no more G-chat or text fights, and then they sometimes still happen. You're but heated. again, like seeing each other's facial expressions or hearing the tone of voice, like that's so important. Yeah. And so, like, again, you know, it's like everything's misinterpreted. The other thing with texting and G-chat, you know, we're, we're working our normal jobs. So you go into a meeting or you go into work for, you know, a couple hours and then a text goes unread or it sits there and then it marinates <laughs> or you read it and you don't have a thoughtful response. And then you're sitting there and you're marinating, yeah. and you're stewing in your own juices. And then you come in even hotter than you were before. So it's just a bad idea. Yeah. We need to stop. A habit that. to break. But we've been we've been a lot better about I, that. I feel like if you're in a fight and you can't talk, the only text you should ever send is something to the effect of, "I know we're angry at each other right now, but I love you, and we'll get through this at home." And yeah. you're just like, no matter what, you just so that way that will diffuse the "I need to be right" or "we're angry at each other." Mm-hmm. It's like, and I, I every time. I might, every time I get in a fight with uh, my girlfriend, there's always, like, you know you're going to be okay. And I, you know, yeah. you're married. You know you're going to be okay. But there's always a feeling of, like, fear of, of it, like, of this, like, being a bigger issue or, or getting through it. And there's, it, it feels like a very insecure place to be in when you're kind of at angst with your significant other I and hate it it's an it's a nerve wreck. so i get the wanting to solve the problem yeah. so if you can't solve the problem just just say the thing that you are you know you're hey we're gonna be a, i love you and uh we'll we'll get through this and yeah i'm still gonna fight with you when we get home <laughs> we're gonna have a difference in opinion <laughs> and and we'll find a common ground but like yeah. the g that g chat <sighs> yeah like, one of up. the things that I was going to say, one of the things that we also learned and that we're kind of finally able to do is there's times when our therapist is like, guys, this isn't important. Just drop it. Yeah. And so we're, we're working, you know, the last few months and just being like, you know what, this is stupid. Let's just drop it. Yeah. And then we just drop it and we go about our day and, you know, it's. It took it's us a not, long uh, time to get there. Yeah. But we That's finally big. are doing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's no longer was this one too many water glasses left out. I'm out of here. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, the, these girls always hear me say, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And I, I've had to learn not to compete with my partners. Mm-hmm. If you're, I'm a naturally competitive person. And yeah. so if you're a competitive person, you're just naturally competitive. Yep. And with everything. With everything. Yeah. So when you're in a disagreement, like if you have, if you have any sense of pride, Natalie and I are prideful people and oh, it's kind of yeah. like sometimes we're just like, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, even if I feel right, I don't need to doesn't be matter right. That D- much. doesn't matter no. that much. And yeah, that can be <laughs> definitely yeah. a, a challenge. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know. Any, anything else before we let you guys go about anything? I, I just want to say, she, yeah, she's super competitive. I mean, we were talking about making chili a couple of weeks ago and she's just like, let's have a chili tasting contest. I'm like, well, why don't we just each have chili? It would be fun. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I make everything a competition. He's like, can we not do that? <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it can be okay. It's just, you have to be able to have, you have to kind of have the self-awareness to make it playful, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, have you guys found that, well, Nick, you brought up, something I want to ask you about because you're the more, correct me if I'm wrong, you seem to be the more practical person. 
Danielle seems to be the more like laissez-faire, like uh, let's just uh, and and both have its advantages. Both are there. I mean, you could see how they'd be great in a relationship to have two people. When it comes to like you trying on the costumes, which was obviously a funny moment in the scene, like how I, I'd love to hear from both of you. What are things from each other that you guys have that that don't come naturally? You know, mm-hmm. that you, it's like, oh, this is not in my comfort zone that you think you've rubbed off on the other person in a positive way where you've maybe you have first thought this is like weird or different or even uncomfortable. But instead of like resisting it, have learned to, you know, embrace that and, and become a more well-rounded person as a result of some of the things that your partner's good at. You want to go first? Yeah, um, I know. Like there's a, a lot of things with him. Like I think one is he doesn't take what other people think about him or say about him like as seriously as I do. So I'm like learning from him how to kind of brush that off because like everyone, like even before this, it was like every single person I met, I was like, I, they have to like me, they have to like me. And now it's just like, they don't, not everyone's going to like you. Um, and I think like, he also does kind of like ground me, keeps me in more. I used to feel like I had to say yes to everyone and, and you know, be around my friends all the time. And so now I'm kind of like, okay, I can, I can sit at home. I can tell people no. Um, Cause that was also hard. I was like a yes, a yes man. Like if you ask me three times, I say yes every time. And so it's like, he's like, you know, you have to put boundaries up because you're going to like be emotionally drained if you're constantly saying yes to not only hanging out with people, but like always being like the friend that people call. And if I'm already like feeling upset about something, it's kind of like, it can get draining. So he's helping me with that. Yeah. I I have found true friends are stick around when you start setting boundaries and saying no, and they still come back and, Mm -hmm. and and people who aren't your real friends, they just will disappear when you start setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I, I, um, I'm actually really introverted, which a lot of people don't you think don't, you when don't they say. meet me. Oh, I, yeah. I, I saw it. Yeah. Oh, really? I appreciate that. Most people are like, no, you're not. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty introverted. Oh, go ahead. I'm introverted. I'm more of an ambivert, but I have a lot of introverted characteristics. And yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. We got to unite on these things. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, like there were times where I could go like literally weeks without seeing people or talking to people outside of work and I'm fine. Like I, I like being with my own thoughts and in my own head. So um, what she's done is she's actually gets me out more in a positive way, doing things that I normally wouldn't do just because I would, you know, not be out and about as much. Um, so like going to more concerts, I've probably gone to more concerts in the last year than I had. My water parks. Life. Yeah. Like getting out. To, well, I've always liked water parks, yeah. but I'm I just actually, getting out. I and, fucking hate water parks. But <laughs> what? what? Uh, I don't want to be in a line with naked people. Okay. I don't. I don't. It's just like it's not a nude water park. Yeah, well, <laughs> basically naked. There's there's too much skin and and not enough space. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. But I digress. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. So I would say um, she gets me out more um, in in a good way. Keeps me social. Um, and then I, I think too, just the the way that she does drift towards people. Like I have five friends. They all know who they are just for me saying that, that I hang out with and I see regularly and the rest of the people, you know, I just keep casual touch with, but, um, you know, she's got me more friends, more <laughs> friends that are her friends, more friends that are our friends. Um, and I think, you know, just, just that element of it is, is really cool too. Cause it always keeps you on your toes and the way you think <laughs> and what you do and, and all that stuff. 
That's great. And I've lightened up a little bit on uh, costume wearing at random times and having a band out over there. He does it. He dances on tables. He wears (laughs) costumes. Yeah. (laughs) My girlfriend made me less grumpy. Yeah, sure. I agree. My husband laughs laughs a lot. My husband's definitely the extrovert and like dances around and could care less what people think about him. And I was much more the introvert. It's good. It's a nice balance to have. I think if like you both kind of bring out the best in each other, like you don't want someone who's just like you. Yeah, no, totally agree. I I love that things are going well. Um, Yeah, I I love that for you guys. And that we kind of we usually end these things by saying one nice thing about the other, but I feel like you guys that was that was it. Yeah. Um, I just want to say one thing to Danielle. I on the on the uh, uh, the reunion at the end when you were uh, standing up for Deep D, like I, oh, yeah. I I thought that was your absolute best moment. And <laughs> the way you talked about Deep D with such confidence about who she was as a person, mm-hmm. I want that for yourself. Like I want you I <laughs> the same way you talk about Deep D. I want you to talk to yourself about yep. you, right? And yeah. and Deep D is a great person. We know that. But like you you were so open about your insecurities on the show and things like that. And that takes a lot of confidence to talk about your insecurities. But you you were so you you looked like you came across as such a confident, strong person when standing up for your friend. And I thought it was mm-hmm. a great moment. And I would I would love for you to have to, to look in a mirror and and stand up <laughs> for yourself that way. And I just, yeah, I, no, I, I had to say that. I appreciate, no, I appreciate that a lot. And it's actually like from going, like since going through this experience, I was realizing like I'm my own worst enemy. And so I've done like a lot of like self-love work. And that was like one of the things it's like, okay, talk to yourself. Like you're talking to your friend in every situation that you have. And I'm like, okay, I'm not that bad. <laughs> 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 what other people think of you is none of your business and uh yeah as long as you're it's, I, I have to remind myself every day but it's it is <laughs> it, it is true well glad to see you guys are doing well thanks for coming on we appreciate it and uh best of luck to you guys and uh i hope the the cat and the dog keep uh playing playing with each other can't, yeah. think, can't thank you enough for that one that's yeah. the, the real winners here uh, <laughs> but thank you it's like i just saw like a kid walk for the first time yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, right. but thank you yeah. so much thanks for, for having us on this was us. fun yeah. oh our pleasure thanks for taking the time i appreciate it <laughs> of course all right take bye. care guys bye uh, what a lovely couple. Oh my gosh they're so sweet yeah i love that they're going through uh couples therapy and yeah. uh you know it's a slightly different mediation call than we typically have, but uh, they're like, we love each other, we're great. <laughs> but they're still G chatting. I feel like that was our our big value add there is to reinforce just how bad it is. And if you're listening yeah. and you're fighting with your significant other via text, don't do that. There's I don't there's no upside unless yeah. you're either apologizing and saying I love you, yeah. or reminding them we'll we'll finish this at home. But the passive aggressive G chat. Not a yeah, good idea. it's fine or whatever. Like, and you can still be in a fight and still be in love and let your partner know that you still care about them and you still love them and it's going to be fine and you'll get through it. And if you feel fear about uh, the fight you're in, chances are your partner does too. And yeah. it's a good time to maybe show some empathy and not focus about focus on how right you are and. Yeah, I think it's like, if you're going to disagree, do it respectfully. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things is like, we have disagreements all the time, but we're never disrespectful. And like, we always take a breath and try and 
I don't know, decompress a little bit before responding. Yeah. I, I catch myself. Anytime I, 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 I say something like, I, I will reference anything other than being in the present moment, which is something along the lines of, you always do this type of stuff. And it, like, I realize that I'm, I'm going off track. Yeah. You know, like you're not, and I, sometimes we like to reference those things to like advocate for our point yeah. of view in the, in the moment. But it, you know, it, I've, I've now created the self-awareness to be like, that. I'm, that that's not helping. Yeah. That's, that's not going to help anything. It's just going to make the other person defensive. Get defensive. Yeah. Um, but it's something we always have to keep <laughs> working on because uh, so easy to do. So easy to do. <laughs> and when I get defensive, I just like, I see one mode and it is win. Yeah. And that's a horrible way to go into any kind of disagreement. It's tough. It's uh, the, the human spirit. Is, uh... Yeah, because it's really like protect, but it's like protect in the form of win. Yeah. So it's like it's like something gets like stirred up and then it's like, oh, oh yeah. Well, that's always the aftermath, right? Would be like we've the, the way that we argue is, has definitely evolved. But like in the start, I was very, again, like guarded. And like if he said something that like hit a nerve, it was like all bets were off. And I was just like, extremely defensive, couldn't see where he was coming from whatsoever. And like the fight just didn't get anywhere until after I calmed down and was like, well, I said that because I felt this way when you said that. And like, that was the, and then after that conversation was had, it was like, oh, well, I never made, wanted to make you feel that way. And like, it was fine. But like our fights were a lot more long-winded previously. (laughs) Yeah. Darlene, my therapist told me to, after 10 minutes, you got to take a time out. And honestly, that really worked. She says after five or ten minutes, you we we uh, we go into our we fight like we're children, literally. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, this has been a ton of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much me. for joining. Please let my audience know where they can follow you, uh, listen to your podcast, all those amazing things you're doing. Please let them know. Yeah. So you can follow me. My handle on Instagram is Ashley Green. Um, we are launching the Twilight Effect podcast on the 15th. Uh, you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast. Um, you can also watch us on YouTube. Just like they, and they record. In the they, we do record. Right this is here. something I was not aware of when we first started, when we went into the podcast. What's that? <laughs> that they were also recorded. Oh, I was, a video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, God. Not but, everyone uh, does, though. I know. But I feel like it is, it's, again, like, Twilight is such a fan-heavy, like, it, I, they have been in this world for such a long time that I think the the viewing element is just a wonderful gift to give them. Yeah, there we definitely in our show have a, a contingent of people who want to just watch it visually, and especially like with certain guests. And you know, if they're like you better fans believe up, I have Batman watch, on. They're going to watch that one. <laughs> watch when you have Batman on, uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I probably would watch that one too. Yeah. He's very pretty. <laughs> He's yeah. very, and like people's mannerisms, like I I, pro- I probably. That's a lie. I listen to them. But I do like watching people's interviews. Yeah, it just depends. I'm usually in the car when I listen to my podcast, though. It's been a pleasure, Ashley. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Make sure you follow Ashley. Check out her new podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to send in your questions at asknick at castmedia.com, cast with a K, for both our Ask Nick episodes and our remediation calls for all the couples out there. Friends, let's focus on friends. I don't know if we're ever going to get coworkers. Friend fights, disagreements, dating relationships, as you guys are hearing, this is not a, people get afraid. We always try to remind our audience, we're not, we're not here to pick a winner. Yep. We're just here. You get, get, do, call on a favor to your boyfriend or fiance, 
say you want to do this, you'll, you'll, you'll be better off for it. Write us, get on the show. It'll be a lot of fun. You get to be anonymous. Don't forget four episodes next week. Our ask Nick two <laughs> bachelor recaps and we are getting the front runner. We're, we're, we, I've been told we're going to get the most upset woman. Thank God. On the show. Ooh. What a title to have. The most, most upset, upset woman, woman. <laughs> from season whatever of The Bachelor. Coming directly from AFR to this studio. I'm just going to come and watch that one because I'm a fan of the show. You, you're not caught up. Wild stuff. You're not going to want to miss a moment of it. So uh, tune in. We'll see you next week. Bye.